What is up? Oh, really? Welcome to the Zeros to Heroes podcast, episode three, where we will discuss Black Panther and the hype around Black Panther 2. I am your host, Tassan Young, with my co-host, Sterling Smith. Sterling Smith, say hello to the people. Hello, people. I guess I'll let you be the one to start this off, since you were the one who suggested um, really having a Black Panther episode today. What are your thoughts overall on this? I think, first, before I really get into it, I think I have to say that I do think it is a good thing that Black Panther exists, and I think it is a good thing that Ryan Coogler and everybody else was allowed to make it. With that being said, I think if we're going to be objective about Black Panther, also known as Nigga Cat, that movie serves more as a cultural phenomenon and movement and moment in time than it does as a quality film. I think if we're going to be objective about it, it's not that good of a movie, but it had a lot of cultural significance. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I still, to this day, would say that I personally really love the film, but I would honestly, like on an objective standpoint, give it a five out of 10. I said that in my video before YouTube copyrighted me, but you have to admit that whole film was a vibe. Like you said, it was a whole moment. And I think Shang-Chi kind of had the similar effect too. I mean, I don't know. Do, do you think that's a reach? I, you know, I think, I think I wouldn't be, I, I don't think I can speak to that because I mean, because Black Panther or Nigga Cat was like clearly for me and my demographic. I don't think Shang-Chi was for my demographic. So I would have to ask someone that is a part of the target demographic whether it meant a similar amount to them. I don't know that it did because, I mean, I guess if you're talking just like superheroes, then I guess that would be like the first and definitely the first in the MCU. But if you're talking about like an ensemble, I'm sorry, an ensemble of like of primarily Asian cast members, I mean, they had like crazy rich Asians which was a huge thing, and they have the book series. So maybe, I don't know, you'd have to ask, I think you'd have to ask an Asian person about if the significance is comparable or not. I don't think it did as well sales-wise, but I don't know. I could see where the argument could come from. I bring up that argument because I don't know if you remember, whenever Shang-Chi came out, they were emphasizing the voice of Asian reviewers specifically over everyone else's. Not to say that Asian reviewers' voices don't matter, but um, I just thought that was interesting. Because at least, at least in that regard, it just reminded me a lot of Black Panther, and it made me feel like y'all are kind of pushing um, race as a factor in a lot of these, in a lot of the marketing for this. And there were some other things, but that was like one of the main things I made notice of with Shang-Chi. I definitely agree that at this point, I think... Well, there's always been discussion of a Marvel formula. And I think one of the ways that that manifests itself is in basically doing whatever you can to mitigate the the effects of not being able to tell a competent, cohesive story. 
So like, as opposed to taking the time to do a production correctly and ensuring that you can deliver a quality product, they would rather just market it to a specific group of people so they can capture their dollars as opposed to like, you know, like not starting to film a movie before the script is complete and like paying VFX artists and giving them enough time to actually do what you're asking them to do and not overwork them. Instead, let's just tell a certain group of people that this movie is for them. So we know for a fact that they will come to the theaters and then hopefully it'll have the same effect as Black Panther where we were just going to watch it over and over again just because we didn't want the movie to fail. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Especially with like Black Panther. It seems like the common excuse or argument I see a lot of people make or one of the common things I see is that you'll be accused of being racist if you criticize the film, which um, at least personally, I haven't seen too much. Um, maybe it's because I'm black and whenever I criticize, it's not like someone can be like, oh, you're racist or whatever. Um, but yeah, at least that, that'd be that'd be weird in this regard. I uh, know. I mean, shit, some people might take some object to you saying nigga cat alone. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if we're going to if we're going to strip the concept down to its bare bones, that I, that's what it is. It is. It is it is indeed a nigga that dresses like a cat. <laughs> I mean like but you could do that with any hero. Like I mean Captain America is just it's just you know, it's just it's just a guy. It's it's, it's a guy like, and a, what, what, a guy and a flag. Would it be the since, since you say nigga cat, would it be like Caucasian flag? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, Man, that's wild. <laughs> Caucasian symbol, and then again, if you look at Captain America's outfit, it looks more like the Puerto Rico flag than the American one. But that's a whole topic for another day. Oh, man, I can't wait till people hear this shit. But back to Black Panther. What should we start off first with this? With given like we've given our general thoughts on the film, at least the first film. What do you think we should cover from that before we get? into the discussion about Black Panther 2? Um, plot overview. I'm thinking maybe some of the issues that we have and why we feel like the movie wasn't good, objectively. I think that'd be good to kind of show what makes us not like it as much as a lot of people claim to have liked it when it came out. Yes, I would agree. Like, I remember being one of those few people at Morehouse when it came out just arguing certain points about such and such, like, oh, Killmonger wasn't as developed as a villain. Like, I was one of the first people saying that shit. And I got into a whole debate with my homie Caleb. Um, I'm sure you weren't very popular on that campus after you said that. Mm. No, it actually wasn't that big of a deal, and you know. But, but still, yeah, honestly, bro, I was not the only one who had wild opinions like that. I don't even think that's a wild opinion. Like... I, I least, let, me, let me not say wild opinion, but I guess contrarian in a way, or just not of the mainstream opinion, however you want to phrase it. Yeah, that makes sense. Because, you know, everybody just had like unbridled praise for the movie when it came out. Like I said, man, it was a whole vibe. And even then, oh, yeah. to this day, I still say if it's on TV or whatever, or if I just feel like it, I'm fine with watching it again. I like the movie. I can just ignore all the BS and just be like, hey, Black Panther's on. 
But oh, these, yeah. these critiques are still worth discussing, though, at the end of the day. I mean, we have to be fair about about the movies we're watching. Like, you know, these days, most movies are going to have the identity politics attached to them. They're going to be marketed to a certain demographic like She-Hulk. Come on, man. So, like, if like if we're gonna if we can be objective about She-Hulk, despite what it could mean for its target demographic, I think we can be fair and we can look at a movie that was directed at us and talk about whether or not it was like a quality product. Very true. Honestly, I believe in roasting, criticizing however you feel about any creative product. Oh yeah, you gotta keep them honest. Because they will, they will give us garbage. Like, if we let them... Like, think about how many Transformers movies we got. We should have got half to a third of the ones that we actually got. Like, there's no way we should have had, like, seven Transformers movies. It was never meant to last that long. Even Michael Bay at some point said in, like, a recent interview that those films went on way too long. Oh, yeah. He was like, yeah, I wish we had stopped after, like, two or three, but we just kept making money. Yeah. Them shits did make gangbusters in the box office. Like, I think, I think, like, the second one made, was it, like, around 200 million or something? I don't remember. I'm probably exaggerating, but it made, the, the movies made a lot. I remember seeing them shits in theaters. I remember the first one came out. It was an event. Like, I went oh. with all my cousins, extended family, we we made an evening of it. It was a huge thing. Mm-hmm. I, ne- I never saw it with, I never saw it in theaters, the first one, but I did watch it with my dad as like one of the many films we watched. And it was like, damn, this shit is tight. Oh man. But like, nostalgia aside, honestly, this is probably how a lot of young black kids and all that now look at Black Panther, how we look at shit like Transformers. I agree. They're probably going to be they're gonna be like, oh, that was so cool. And then maybe when they get older, they'll look at it and be like, hmm, that was kind of some fuckery. Sneakers? What kind of joke is that? <laughs> oh, man. And then there are going to be some wild niggas being like, oh, it's a, it's a stereotype. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're going to woke it. They're going to they're gonna make a think piece about it 20 years from now. And it's like, bro, we weren't we weren't doing that back then. But and it's like you can make a thick piece about it, but at the end of the day, it's it's just another dumb MCU joke. So yeah, I think it's best if you just 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 gotta ignore them. I think the best way to talk about them is not to. Sometimes when it comes to some of those jokes. All right. Well, I'm writing down a list of problems, or I guess like problems with the plot. The num the one main thing I've made like people have always said is that the world of Wakanda and in general, a lot of things have been a little bit underdeveloped. Like we see like the broad strokes of how their society functions, but we don't know a lot of the intricate details about such. Um, Like we, for one thing I've always noted, we never, from my external knowledge of the Black Panther, I know how he's able to, or T'Challa basically has to go through training from a rare young age just to even take up the throne. Um, But we never actually see that in the film, which is something that I personally would have really wanted to see. Like, just for starters. Like, what what, what do you think of this? Yeah, that makes sense. I think all we get is, like, a passing line in the flashback that his dad is like, 
you've been preparing your whole life for this, and that's like all we get. Yeah, I want I want to want to see more because it's like, bro, you you got to think when we got introduced to T'Challa. I assume, like, see, I was one of those people, of course, who went in assuming, like, oh, he just like already went through the training, all that shit. Because how else is this man able to fight the the Winter Soldier without a suit, and also just fight other heroes like the way he does? Like, clearly, he he knew what he was doing. No, that wasn't his first his first rodeo, as they say. Exactly. So it makes me wonder more about like what was his past like as the Black Panther in more intricate detail, if that was possible. Like, honestly, I would read like a prequel comic about T'Challa and Killmonger. Like, no joke. I feel like if someone really tried their hand at those, like you could get some real strong material at this. Oh yeah. There's definitely, there's definitely something to be gained about like what we learn about Killmonger, what little we learn about him, what they said about what he was up to. And then those years after his dad got killed, that could be interesting. You could have some good old action in there. But yeah, I think, I mean, every every character doesn't need a training montage per se, but most of the major characters did get one. Like we saw Iron Man when his suits were kind of garbage and he couldn't solve the icing problem and he went into the atmosphere and his suit locked up. We saw when he was trying to set up the little, the automated uh, assembly and it was hitting him in the face and doing all that. I mean, we didn't really get that with Thor. We just met him, and he was just kind of a dickhead. And then throughout the movie, he just matures. But and then Ant-Man, we saw Ant-Man not being able to really control the technology in the way that he would need to. So, like, we saw most of the other major characters have some type of training or getting acclimated to their abilities, but we definitely didn't get that with Black Panther. He kind of already knew what he was doing when the movie starts. Right, and... um. There were there were a few deleted scenes of him as a kid with his dad too. I don't remember what they were, but there there were actually quite a few deleted scenes from this film that I honestly felt like should have stayed in the final cut because they they really do improve it. And there's like so many scenes like that with MCU products specifically. I feel like there's a there's definitely a lot of scenes from a lot of movies. It's like you should not have cut this, but at the same time. I mean, it's, I think it goes back to that formula. This doesn't fit my formula. Even if it makes their movie better, they'll be like, well, this isn't really what we do here. And they just get rid of it. But why, like, every, it's just like every other character gets in their origin movie. We get to see them before they're, like, as good as they get. Like, and then with the knowledge we have that we're not getting any more T'Challa, well, first of all, honestly, we need to say rest in peace to Chadwick Boseman before we get to ripping this movie apart. And also, I think we need to acknowledge his battle with cancer, which is probably a contributor to some of the the nuances of his performance. But uh, going back into it, it's like this is supposed to be his origin movie, but we don't ever get to see a part where he's like not quite there yet. Like, there is some some stuff that he struggled with in the movie, and it's like obviously due to inexperience and being relatively new to it all. But he's not like fresh. Like every other character was fresh when we first saw him, except for Thor, because Thor was thousands of years old. But for the most part, we were able to see characters when they like don't have it down and they don't have like they don't have their their uh, their moves together and all that. But with Chala, 
if you don't count Civil War, then like the first thing he does is just drop from the sky and like massacre some some traffickers. And then the only thing he messes up is he like sees his ex girlfriend and then just forgets why he's even there in the first place. And then if you do count Civil War, well, the first thing he does is beat up all the good characters. So it's like we've never seen him not be not be competent. Right. And it's just like you think of all this and it makes you wonder just what did this man go through in this universe specifically to make him this way? Of course, we just got to leave our imaginations and all that out there. What's a, what's another thing that you felt like they didn't explain well in this film? Um, I think we I think we could have benefited. Now, me personally, I understood this, but I have heard that there was confusion about how the succession of the Black Panther mantle works and how, I guess, their government works. So, like, there, I've heard that people felt that it wasn't exactly clear what the rules were between being king and being the Black Panther at the same time or otherwise. And I felt like it was relatively simple that I could have just inferred it because I'm not a huge comic book reader. And I just assumed that when T'Chaka was alive and he was the king, it's because he was essentially too old to be an effective Black Panther. And then T'Challa is the Black Panther while his dad is king. And then when his dad dies and T'Challa becomes king and Black Panther, I just assumed that it is possible to be both but it may not exactly be, I guess it may not be standard procedure, just depending on, you know, the age of the father and the son. But I just assume that you could be both, but it is also equally likely and possible that you would be one and not the other. Like, that made complete sense to me. But some people felt like they should have explained that whether or not that was a possibility. Eh, I feel like that's one of those things I could let slide. Like you said, you could just infer it. As much as I would like a scene to explain it in detail, yeah, I don't think it's that much of an issue. I mean, I feel like you can crush two birds with one stone and reveal a lot of this through, like, flashbacks or something. Like, you know, maybe we see different stuff with him training and we get bits and pieces of his dad stepping down or something like that. Yeah, we could have gotten that. But I think that's pretty trivial. I think there are other issues that we will probably get into that are way more, way more serious and pressing than that. I think that I feel like that one was pretty clear. It's like, well, I mean, this is what we're doing. So it's obviously like a thing. But OK, so I guess there is the confusion that like had T'Challa lost the duel or the challenge. I assume they would have given him Baku the heart shaped herb. So he would have been king and panther at the same time. But I guess he's already the leader of his tribe, so it's pretty much the same thing. But yeah, I I don't think it's I don't think that's the biggest problem. I think there are a lot bigger fish to fry when it comes to this movie. Well, what's what's a bigger fish for you then? I think I'm gonna I'm gonna jump straight to what I think the biggest problem is, is that if you think about it, Killmonger's plan doesn't make any any fucking sense. Like that shit wasn't about to work. I mean, there are theories that'll fix it. But if it's not in the script, I don't know that we can use those defenses. So like if you like so basically Killmonger's plan is to take the weapons and the equipment of Wakanda and distribute it to to colored people, basically. I don't think did he I don't know if he specified that he, he meant said black people or the white people all over the world. 
I, I do remember that. It was, it was something along those lines. See, but that could be anybody. Like, yeah, but it, like it, you said, it's broad it as could hell, be right? white people. Like, it could be white people depending on what country you're in, because white people oppress each other too. So, like, it's you know, like it could it could be anybody, and then it's like you're gonna arm them to do what? Like, because you're not gonna org- Like, are you gonna organize a military of uh, of quote unquote oppressed people? Are you? How are you going to deal with the power grab that comes after that? How are you going to deal with the damn Avengers? Like, do you? Do, are you? Do you think that just regular people with energy guns are just going to be able to topple the Avengers, the five strongest people on the planet? Like, he didn't. I don't, there's nothing that says he had a plan for any of that. And then the theory that I've heard and that I believe is that he didn't plan to succeed. I think he just wanted to destroy Wakanda and destabilize it. And if you think that, then all of that makes sense. But if you think he was really trying to act in the in what he thought was the best interest of the country, none of that makes any damn sense. You're going to fight the entire planet and the Avengers and do what? Like, there probably won't be much left of Wakanda, even with the tech, after they've done that. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just thinking about it more. It's just I've always thought the plan was weird. And one of my main criticisms of it was it was kind of weird for me that he he immediately jumped to this type of plan whenever he had, like I said in, in my video on it, he had the the nation that took everything from in the palm of his hand. And like you said, this this is a interesting way, effective way to destabilize Wakanda, which funny enough, have you seen, I don't know if you've seen What If, but I feel like that, his episode in there where he befriended or he rescued Tony Stark, like that showed... A, I feel like a more direct way of destabilizing Wakanda because he just got them into a war with the United States. Damn, I have not seen what if. Sounds like he got busy in that one. No, he he, he did. This is, yeah, this that, is actually that, one of the few decent episodes of what if. At least I thought that so. Was, makes way more sense than what he was doing. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to give guns out to the entire planet and just see what happens. I don't know, man. That didn't seem like a winning strategy to me. I mean, probably not just guns, too. Maybe they got, like, also spears. Because they, they turn vibranium into all kinds of shit, bro. Like, who knows what he would have been giving out to people. Facts. If you got a disc that you can just put in a guy's back, ooh, we can get to that one later. But, like, yeah, if you got stuff like that that can just, just uh, reverse paralysis, then I'm sure there's a lot of stuff they got going on. And if he's just giving that to people, then I'm sure that would change a lot. It would just—he's uh, trying to stay by the entire planet. That's what it sounds like, bro. He—it sounds like honestly, he just in a weird way. I was about to say he just wanted chaos, but that—that's not what he said. But it's like, damn. The more I think about it, oh man, especially in the Marvel universe of all places. Yeah, that that guy. Not maybe not the visionary. And then people were like, he's the best. He's the best Marvel villain of all, like ever. And it's like, um. I don't know. He's, I wouldn't say he's an idiot, but I don't think he was the sharpest tool in the box if you really think about it. Nah. Yeah, really, it was just, he was just all gung ho, just bum rushed the throne of Wakanda. It's like, I'm taking over now. And then this. One of the, also, one of the main criticisms, a uh, part of this was, that I had for him was that with this character and the pro black sentiments, I feel now, it's not that these aren't genuine parts of his character here. Cause obviously in Jobu had shown a change of heart just by becoming a spy and seeing just what was done to African-Americans living here. Um, but for me personally, it's just like, I felt like 
we could have done more with that pro black angle from him, or at least they could have done more, I should say. Like there's more to be explored there because this is this is to assume that everyone has a personal run or not not to assume everyone has a personal deal with racism or especially black people. Um, but I feel like in this instance, we didn't really see, I guess, enough of what makes him feel like that would be his best goal or his best idea in mind for uh, basically for everything that had happened to him. It's like, why does he want to now all of a sudden destabilize the world and um, basically get back at the U.S. for years of oppression and all that? Years of oppression that we don't actually see, but we're just left to infer. Yeah, I guess I guess Cougar just wanted us to use our context clues. You know what I'm talking about, right? And then we're just going to leave it at that. It feels like if we didn't have our own experiences as African-Americans or really, I guess, it's just Black people in general, since that's um, who their target demographic here is, is like, would we really be able to connect with this man's story as much as we do? I'm going to say no. I mean, judging by most of my conversations in my lifetime with white people about race and racial issues in America, I would have to say that if we didn't have those experiences, a lot of Killmonger's character and motivations, as well as his dad's, probably fall flat for us. Because I do remember with Njobu, we only really see much of him in those few scenes in the film. And it was just a scene of him just talking about all the BS he's seen going down the communities. Now, you're watching this if you knew about all the history about, um, of course, the war on drugs and the different effects of racism and or just different eras of racism in the United States alone, you'd be sitting there like, oh, yeah, we know what this dude's talking about. But imagine if you're someone who's ignorant to all that shit, like someone who doesn't live in the United States, just like, oh, well, this, this is just a guy just talking. Or at least they won't have that, like you said, like or like we've been saying, they won't have that same connection or experience with it yeah i think that one conversation was just supposed to be enough i guess he was like no eh, one scene ought to do it and then that was it i mean it's not just that it's also just the general sentiments that killmonger himself spits out like that whole museum scene yeah i wonder do you feel like that's more heavy-handed than now than it was when it came out like it does it feel more on the nose to you today if you watched it than it did when it came out I mean, probably. I don't. It's hard to say. I probably would have just thought it was a little heavy-handed anyway. Um, but even then, it's like, eh. Or at least, is it is it really something that Killmonger wouldn't say? Uh, nah. I think he'd say that. It, that sounds about right. Well, based on what we saw, I don't know enough about the comics to know if the comic version would have said that. But from what well, we I, get I don't in think the, the comic movie version, would no. Because I'm pretty sure he didn't have this whole pro-black angle. Isn't he just a Wakandan too? He was he was a Wakandan that was kicked out of the country. Yes. And in the comics, is he still T'Challa's cousin? No, he is not. That was a new addition with the movie. But I actually like that change because I thought it was like a really nice way to actually tie their characters together. Speaking of them being cousins, another issue that I've got is I find it unlikely unlikely that. T'Chaka leaves a member of the royal family to, like, to fend for himself, to be an orphan. Like, I think if you, even if you did, like, kill his dad, like, you're probably going to want to take that kid with you so you can, like, control the narrative around that situation. 
so like if you look at Game of Thrones, for example, and how important it is for like a royal family to have, I guess, to to have control over the family members and have them all in the same place and stuff like that. You're not just going to leave like even honestly, man, even if he had decided that Killmonger can't live like that would have made more sense than him just leaving him in the middle of America by himself with no dad and no mom because the mom was like in jail. Was she in jail? I think I read somewhere that that was supposed to be what was going on there. I don't know if it, it gets mentioned or not, but I think like like director interviews had suggested that the mom was in jail for like armed robbery or something like that. See, sh- shit like this is what I'm talking about when I say, yo, I want to see more of these characters' backstories. Like, damn, that sounds interesting to me. Yeah, that would have been kind of important, you'd think. Exactly. It's funny how you how you bring up this scene specifically because I've seen in many other videos people bring up just how weird it is for T'Chaka to just leave um, Killmonger here. Because really, like, why would he, like, he's the king of the country. Why would he need to keep this a secret at all anyway? Honestly, well, yeah, there's that. He doesn't need to explain anything to anyone if he doesn't want to. But also, like, do you just, do he just not love his brother? Like, like you're just going to leave your brother's kid, your your own nephew, you're going to leave your nephew to just do life by himself. Like, I don't know, like, is does T'Chaka strike you as somebody that's so dedicated to to the country that he's just like, that's that's this is literally my family, but fuck him, because his dad went in there and he went broke and he was supposed to be a spy for us and not, like what he was gonna be like yeah fuck that kid that my brother made like I don't know man like you you got a nephew like you know like you wouldn't just you wouldn't abandon your kid like there's I don't believe that you would just do that unless him and his brother had a horrible relationship which of that we get nothing we don't get to see any of that so that you can add that to your list of things we didn't get to see I mean we saw a little bit of it in that scene because he actually was happy to see his brother for a bit so at least just from that we can at least infer that they had a decent relationship before that point but of course yeah, if we're doing happened. that if based off of that i think you would assume that if that if he knew his brother had a kid which we're supposed to, I think we're supposed to believe that he did know that. I don't think he leaves him in Compton, California with no parents. Yeah. And what's funny about this is like, like he's leaving Killmonger behind for just a bad reason. And it's not like he can't just say that Njobu tried to kill the spy. So he, it was a heat of the moment situation and he killed his brother to save the guy or save Zuri. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, there's no reason why he couldn't have done that. And then, I mean, one of the plot points is T'Challa is like, you fucked up when you did that. Like, you, there's no way you should have left him there. Like, honest to God, bro, looking back at this part of the movie, it's like, no, this shit was so foul what he did to get to Eric. Like, this shit was so fucking foul. Man, he was just a kid, bro. He's playing basketball and shit. Didn't even know anything about it. Just walks in with a dead dad, and he just created one of Wakanda's worst enemies ever just by being negligent. Like... I don't know, man. If your if your brother has a kid and he dies, whether you killed him or not, well, um, okay, maybe if you killed him, it's a little bit different. But like, if your brother dies and they have a kid, you're like their de facto parent. Like, I would assume that's how it works. Like, you were supposed to take him in and raise him as your own. I mean, yeah, something like that. And shit with my nephew, I I could never imagine doing some shit like that to my nephew, man. Like, fuck all that. 
Exactly. Like, I don't know. I don't even think that's a mistake that T'Chaka would even make, especially not by then. He sounds like he had been king for a while. So it makes you think. Do you think this was a result of more, I guess, rush production of the film? Like, you know, like with how um, a lot of MCU films are on a schedule, do you think that's what caused this? Like, maybe they didn't think too much about how this would make T'Chaka look, and even then just how, how um, I guess, poorly constructed the scene is in the fact that he decided just simply not to tell everybody the full details about this and simply, he, he even left his brother's corpse there, bro. Like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, think about that. They flew off and Eric had to find his dad's body in there, bro. Like, God damn, T'Chaka. Yeah, bro, he didn't even clean up the crime scene. He was just like, well, I'm going home. Oh, man. Bro, I, I didn't think I would get as, I, I guess, ticked about this scene as I am right now. But it's like, damn, the more I'm thinking about it, it's like, this shit was so foul, bro. <laughs> what a fucking dickhead. Like, bro, what? what? You, just left, you just left your nephew in the middle of 90s California, bro. 90s Compton, California. Both of his parents gone. And the thing is, like, T'Chaka had all that information. Like, he probably knew everything he needed to know about about Njobu. Like, I mean, the way he shows up and asks him questions, he's like, he already, it's like he already, clearly already knew this shit. Yeah, he had no reason not to take in Eric. Look at you now. Your son got beat up on a waterfall because of it. All his fault. But speaking of which, it goes into another point. Why the hell would you trust the succession to a fist fight? Like, that is, that is ridiculous. That is, at least, we used to do that. Like, as humans, we used to do that. But you see every country, like, every developed country has long stopped doing that shit. Because, like, think about it. So you've got one guy who's the heir to the throne. You've got another guy who's an heir to, like, an entire subset of the country. They could have both died. Like, realistically, they could both have died. Like, what if they both fell off the waterfall? Then what the fuck happened? Like, who's the king now? And we just, they had just lost the king. So it's like you'd have lost three, three of the three of like the country's strongest leaders in like days because you have the most archaic way of choosing who your next leader is going to be. So it's like, and the thing is, like with fights, they can go any way, any time. Like, yeah, some people are more skilled than others, but like you, even with the UFC, you can get like anybody can lose. So it's like, what if a rando is just like, I'm going to challenge today, and this knocks the chala out. So is that Rando the king now? Yeah. Why the fuck not, man? He proved his worth. I guess so. Like, I don't know, man. Like, that's that's kind of horrible. It's like anybody could have challenged. And then, like, is there that's not, is there rules against, like, is there rules against getting challenged more than once? Like, what happens if, what happens if he fights in Baku and another guy is like, I want to challenge too. Does he have to fight both of them? Like, is it like a money in the bank match from WWE where you can just, like, you know what? It's my turn. You could just fight a fifty percent T'Challa to be king. But, but Sterling, it's it's in the comics. I man, I it, I guess so. That don't make it better. The comic writer fucked up too. That's all that means. <laughs> <laughs> I I just wanted to see how you react to that because that would be the, the that'd be one excuse or or one explanation for it. Because yeah, it it is in the comics, and the other one would be it's a part of their tradition. Um, of course, that doesn't make the tradition any less dumb, or at least 
let me not say any less dumb. It doesn't mean tra the tradition is absent of any flaws, just as any tradition or any customs with any culture has flaws and its pros or whatever. Yeah, man, I don't think trial by combat is... I think we should leave that where it was. You think you think the most advanced country in the world, quote unquote, would have a better way of deciding who their next leader should be? Yeah, you, you know, especially what's funny after about he this? just died. Uh, uh, I'm I'm sorry, but I was gonna say what's funny about this is: Have you ever seen Avengers: Earth's Mightiest Heroes? I don't think so. First, I would highly recommend if you got Disney Plus, or you do, since you're able to watch all of She-Hulk and all that jazz, but this was one of like my first major, um, I guess, experiences with Black Panther with this show. And it's funny, like his first, his introduction to the show, I even referenced it in my video, was them talking about, or them trying to get rid of this tradition because it allowed M'Baku to cheat in his fight with T'Chaka and just take over the throne with literal, like no pushback from the people. They just let him take over. Because of tradition. I mean, yeah, like, guy is the king now. What do you do? Like, I think there was that part as well when they were talking to Okoye after after T'Challa had just lost. And she's like, I mean, that guy is the king now. What you're talking about is treason, which is objectively true since they let him win through a fist fight. But still, it's like he just, he just killed, like Nakia said, he just killed T'Challa. At least they thought. But, man. And the fact that he was an American... <laughs> it's like, bro, what the hell is going on? This bro, guy from California just pulls up, pulls up with his avocado toast, beats the shit out of our king, and just starts giving us orders. Like, like I said, bro, just, just some, just some nigga from Oakland just butt brush the throw. What's going on? First of all, 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 we can transition to that point. How the fuck is Killmonger beating this shit out of the I thought this nigga prepared his whole life, his whole life, bro. I mean, to be fair, you could say that T'Challa was a little bit um, off guard after the whole discovery of what his dad did for the sake of devil's advocate here. And I guess you could say that, but it's like, my brother, you might, that happened 30 years ago. You better put your hands up. I, I think, I mean, Killmonger is also like a, a trained government operative, but I'm thinking also, I mean, T'Challa was fighting, he had home court advantage, like... I, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. For Killmonger to be able to whoop him, like, I don't even think I could say that Killmonger is, like, in better condition or, like, is, like, in rhythm because he's been fighting more recently because T'Challa literally starts the movie by jumping on the hood of this guy of these guys' cars and beating them up in the woods. So it ain't like he hasn't fought in a long time. He just, just got done fighting Captain America and Bucky. So, like... I mean, T'Challa's probably in his prime at this point. This is as good as we ever seen him, and he just gets whooped. Now, I think there's something to be said about Chadwick Boseman's condition at the time, which probably explains why his choreography was kind of lacking for me in terms of his capabilities, because if you look at the Civil War fight, way more impressive moves were being shown in that than in Black Panther. But also, if you think about it, Black Panther fought, like, he fought, like, three fights, and he's, like, he was, like, one and two, <laughs> three, five. Like, he, he was getting his ass beat for a lot of that movie. It was like, fam. He, 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 he fucking lost to Killmonger twice because he lost to him whenever he had Claw in custody, and then Killmonger came and broke him out. Lost to Claw one of those times. So it's like, man, he, 
he kind of got his ass beat the whole movie. If you think about it, the only fight he won was at the end, and then of course with Mbaku. I mean, he he did at least manage to take Claw out, or at least like take the car out. There there was that, but no, nah, you're right. Like he he was heavily nerfed from at least it felt like from Civil War. Like he just wasn't the same. Yeah, because it's like I mean, at this at the point when the movie came out, I didn't realize that that Chadwick Boseman had cancer because nobody knew that. But when I was watching it, I'm like, nigga, do those flips you just did? Did you just like they take the herb from you? Just forget how to do all that shit? I was like, brother, throw a kick, man. I'm like, do a flip, buddy. Like this guy is clearly just trying to wrestle. Like you should kick him in his face. That might work. Nope, didn't try none of that. Just try to grapple with a guy that was like four inches and like 50 pounds heavier because that would make sense. First thing he does is just eat a spear to the shoulder. That's how he starts the fight. It's like, mm, this is our prince, huh? This is, is this your king? Is this your king? The so Black Panther's going to protect you for the future? Oh, yeah. It was like, man, that's a good point. I'm starting to think about this. Then again, I mean, leadership has got to be more than being able to fight, which is why the trial by combat shit is ridiculous. But it it's is. like, oh, man. And it's like the Killmonger thing just kind of exposes one of the biggest problems with it. So it's like, so you're literally going to let, like, you are actually going to go through with this and let whoever wins this fight make the decisions for your entire country, regardless. Like, and then, and then, and then, and then, the only reason why Killmonger even gets to do the fight is because T'Challa lets him. They weren't even going to let him do the fight because why the fuck would you? And then T'Challa was like, nah, nah, let him get his ones. And then he got thrown off of a cliff in front of his, in front of the hose. He got thrown off a cliff in front of the hose. He had the only women relevant in his entire life. All three of them was there. His sister, his mom, and his girlfriend. And they watched him get his ass beat twice. Actually, you think about it, that was not that first fight was not impressive. That's damn near an L. I actually didn't mind the first fight between him and Baku, but or the the waterfall fights at least. I mean, I like him better than the CGI ones. I'll say that. Yeah, but you have to establish, like, Mbaku, the type of character he is in the comics and the character that they, they needed him to be. He had to be He had to be able to scale to T'Challa, at least. And, and it's funny because he did, because, like, in the comics, um, I haven't read too much on him, but he's also superhuman through, like, the... He actually wears, like, a white ape gorilla, like, pelt on him. Like he killed the gorilla and ate and like drank his blood or some shit, but oh, it gave God. him like superpowers or some shit, some shit like that. Well, why doesn't everybody just do that shit? Mm, this, I think this is like some kind of, I want to say magic gorilla. I don't know. It was a while since I read this plot synopsis. <laughs> a magic gorilla, bro. <laughs> yeah. And bro, and he also went by Manape in the comics. Like that's his villain name, Manape. Yeah. Like, bro, like. I know for a fact they was not about to have him be like that in this movie. Not with a bunch no, you of can't do that. watching. You can't do that. He, no. Yeah, you can't do that. Bro, they would have lost their fucking minds. Man, ape. Christ Jesus. No effort was put in. No. But yeah. It's like, and no matter what, like, with, with man, ape specifically, and Baku. No matter what I see, no matter what a comic or animated deal I see this dude in, he's always a villain. Like, he's always a fucking asshole. Yep, except in this movie. No, he's cool in the movie. And then, honestly, he doesn't do anything wrong. Like, I mean, if you think you want to be king, this is literally the only time you'll get to do it. 
And it, so, like, is that shit, like, yearly? Or is it just, like, every time there's a new king? But, but like, if the guy, you know, like, T'Chaka was old. So, like, was there just not a challenge for, like, 40 years? I don't know, man. And it's, like, if he wasn't able to fight, would he have T'Challa fight on his behalf? I don't know. Like, I doubt it. I feel like it seems to me this is what I can draw from the information we do get. There is nothing that suggests that this challenge happens regularly. It kind of seems like any time a new king is appointed, there is a window in which you are able to challenge the king's claim. But T'Chaka had clearly been king for a long time. So am I supposed, I, I think I'm supposed to infer that there hasn't been a challenge in a long time because of how long T'Chaka was king. So if that's the case, this could be your only chance for the next like 60 years if you don't, if you want to be king or if you feel like the current king isn't going to do it for you. And, and like, I don't know, man. It's like, wow, a 60-year regime, which I mean, they do that in monarchies. But if you have a system where people can change the monarch, they should probably be able to do that more often than like whenever one dies. True. Shit, just look at United States politics. Exactly. It's like so much more to peel back with this movie. And of course, some people would argue that we're just nitpicking or whatever. I don't know, man. I think we're just asking important questions. Like, if we really want to understand what we're watching. It's like, there's a lot of shit you could have told me and just didn't. Speaking of shit that they didn't tell us much about, one thing that I think is important to note is that T'Challa, in the comics at least, his birth mother was Inyami. Um, not Ramonda. Ramonda is Sherry's birth mother, I think. So it makes me wonder, in the MCU, is Ramonda just his birth mother? I think we're supposed to assume that she is. Yeah, because there's no mention of Inyami anywhere. That's too much work explaining why. No, and you know what, bro? I know what it is. It leans too much into the stereotype of, like, broken families and stuff like that. I just got... This king can't have two baby mamas. This is a black uplifting. This is a black empowerment movie. We can't do that. We need one. We need one dad and one mom. Yeah, that's 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 fair. I could I could see people making that argument. Plus, it is sad. Just of course, Inyami died giving birth to T'Challa. Like, of course, especially with that and black women in regards to child rearing, like that would be very sensitive for a lot of people watching. Yeah, it could be close to the crib. And, I mean, obviously, it seems like they were having trouble getting the entire narrative into the runtime, given what we don't get to see. That's probably not something that they feel like spending their time explaining. No, it's fair. And it's, it's, this isn't me, like, trying to, like, levy a major criticism. It's just a question I was posing. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm thinking we're meant to believe that, that – uh, that that's just his mom. He's only ever had one mom, him and Shuri. Well, shit, it makes it it makes it extra sad to see him go. Then in the second film, man, there the second film is interesting to me. It's gonna have to come from a deficit. I guess I guess this would be the time to trans- transition into the second film, unless you've got other glaring problems that we haven't addressed yet. Um, I'll say Vibranium was underdeveloped. Was used as MacGuffin a lot of times. What else? Ulysses Claw was underdeveloped, and he was called also like really just over the top mustache twirling. I wasn't a fan. I preferred him in the comics, specifically in 
who is the Black Panther, that storyline, for those of you listening, I'll, I recommend that one of any Black Panther stories. What else? Personal one, the Civil War suit was better, in my opinion. Without the purple? Um, without the purple and aesthetically. like, like the. I also, I'm personally just not a fan of Vibranium doing the whole exploding stuff with the suit. I don't know. I feel like it made him a little too OP. And plus, I think the Civil War suit just looks better. Makes sense. Yeah, what are your last bullet points? Um, so, does Claw just have a specific vendetta against Wakanda? Or is he just looking to get the most money for the most expensive and most dangerous substances? I guess he would, I guess he maybe does have a vendetta because they branded him. But it's like, brother, it is very dangerous to be fucking around with Wakanda and their most precious material. Like, surely there's easier ways to make money, but that material is so rare and so valuable to the rest of the world. Maybe it's worth that to him. But it's like, so is this guy just trying to stick it in their faces? Or is, or, you know, is he like an equal opportunity criminal? I think in a lot of ways, yeah, he is trying to stick it to them because in some versions of it, it starts off personal with him. I think originally started off with him seeking just to steal from Wakanda and, of course, make whatever opportunities off of my brain he can. And also, in some instances, he's actually hired as an assassin to kill T'Chaka and succeeds. And then that's how he gets the main beef with T'Challa because T'Challa is usually the one who, in different versions of the story, will actually damage his hand. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think guess who is the Black yeah. Panther specifically... He killed T'Challa. Like, T'Challa had an older brother. Like, he had an older, younger brother. He killed him in the incident, and he killed his dad. And T'Challa had um, cut off his arm or something. Or, no, like, something like that. Like, uh, I hadn't read this comic in a while. But either way, Claw's arm got damaged into it. And then, from that point on, it would be personal, his whole beef with Wakanda. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know that I've got anything else. For the first like, well, okay, so the fact that they can put a ball in a guy's spine and a gunshot wound and he just lives, pretty like wild. Said, man, they just use it just for anything. Like it's, it's just a random MacGuffin. It's like that shit wasn't even sterile. If you, like if you watch the scene, so the guy gets shot, they turn him on his back, and then T'Challa just like pulls it out of his pocket. So there's lint all over it, and then he pulls it out with his like with his bare hand. I'm pretty sure. So it's like you got whatever was on T'Challa's hand in there, and you just stuck it straight into a guy's body without disinfecting it. Like, that'd probably be worse. Like, there was that, and Sherry somehow healed him. And then she was like, yeah, we could do that here. You don't have that shit in America, bitch-ass nigga? Damn, that's a shame. Like, bro, what? This guy was, this like, what? And then he just gets straight up. Like, he doesn't have to, like, relearn how to walk or anything. Bro, it's weird. And it's like, they, they're, I think they're suggesting that Shuri, or no, they outright say Shuri was the one who did it. So at 16, she knows how to mess around with all the vibranium and all that, which honestly, that one I could buy, you know, being around all of vibranium as much as she probably would as a Wakandan princess. I don't mind this one as much. But being able to heal and stabilize bullet wounds, implying that she has like super advanced medical knowledge in some aspect. Yeah, it's, it, it may it may yet be a stretch for us, and, and the fact that like 
not only does he have to not have to relearn how to walk, he has no pain at all from whatever procedures he did. So I guess she's like a tech, an expert anesthesiologist too, or whatever. And he's not like, and then if, if that was the case, and he'd probably wake up like extremely groggy from whatever meds are making him not be able to feel the hole in his back. It, it's yeah, man. It's a, it, there's a lot going on with that. He just kind of gets up and he's ready for action. He's like healthier than he was the day he got shot. Yeah, man. He was smooth. Needs some man, man, whatever need. is needed for the plot for the time being. Just fuck it. Yeah, man. Just, just do it, bro. Just do it, bro. It's vibranium, bro. Just do it. It's black people metal, bro. Negro metals. Exactly. But yeah, I think I think I'm all good on first Black Panther. I, maybe if I think of something else, we can do a quick jump back and then jump back into the second one. Well, for kicking off the Black Panther 2 discussion, you said it earlier, but we'll say it again. Rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. Like, I, I don't know if I told you, man, but that was actually one of the celebrity deaths, just to say right now, it was actually did hit me pretty hard. It honestly hit a lot of people pretty hard. And usually it's just like, I'm not too emotional about it. But when I found out he died, like that shit fucked me up for a bit. Yeah, bro. It was tough because like for black people in general, like they had that nigga playing like three different historically significant African-American figures. They had him playing Jackie Robinson. Then they had him playing what, Thurgood Marshall. And I think he might've been somebody else too. No, it was Thurgood Marshall and... He was also in, was it Ma Rainey's Black Bottom? Yeah. That was his last deal. Yeah, and then he was in, uh, what's the other thing he was he was in? He was in the Five Bloods, Spike Lee movie for Netflix. Yes. So, yeah. So, and then in that movie, that movie is like, I could see how that could, like, hit you, too, because he's, like, a dead friend in that movie. And a lot of his, all his scenes are flashbacks. God but, man. yeah, it's, I think what it did, what really made it hit for us was first of all his significance because of all those roles that he had been in and also the fact that we just did not see it coming at all like the first him having cancer that was the first we had heard of it so it was like damn and it's not it's like some actors are old like they're at that age where it's like any day now you could be getting that r.i.p banner but for him i mean he was like clearly he was in his 40s i think his early 40s or late 30s No, so, like yeah, nobody was expecting. Yeah, nobody was expecting him to die anytime soon. Even like he looked, and like during those press tours, he looked like he was over it. But he didn't. We didn't think he was dying. Like we wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, honest to God, man. The more I think about it, like people were making the jokes, like how it did seem like he was over it. But shit, it's like you look back and it's like, damn, that's probably what it was. It's it just that one thing just recontextualized. So much shit with this man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It explains, I think it explains the fight scene thing I was talking about earlier. Like, you know, you yeah, can't be doing all the flips. With the recast to child movement, or at least the general idea of recasting to child or having Shuri take up the role, it looks like, based on the second trailer, it looks like it is Shuri, which honestly, who, who, who else was it going to be, um, really? Um, but apparently, I heard something about Kevin Feige still potentially talking about recasting T'Challa at some point. Um, who knows? Maybe they'll bring him through, like we said last episode, through the multiverse, but then it'll cause an incursion or or something. I don't know. I don't think you can do it. I like we the window's been missed. You can't do that. Like, 
And then you, the whole point of the first trailer we got for for Nigga Cat Two was like a T'Challa funeral, which is doubles as like a Chadwick Boseman tribute. So there's no going back on that. That's done. Like it, it's just over with. And then also, how do you uh, how do you explain in universe that T'Challa just 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 fucking died? Like he just you just got you just have to accept that. You're like, well, he's dead now. And then it's like when you look at the first Black Panther, the fact that she was able to cure like a gunshot wound to the spine, it's like, mm, so you can do that, but you can't fix whatever the hell Chala has going on. Like they're gonna and I don't think they're gonna spend a whole lot of time on explaining how he died. Nah, honestly, it was a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation in regards to casting him or like recasting him, I should say. Um, so and we're we're too late talking about it now because obviously the whole film has been made and we're getting real close to the opening and all. Yeah, me personally, I think I would have recast him because I mean the way Marvel, the way they plan and film and schedule, they definitely expected the character to be around a lot longer. And now they're doing a pivot. But the thing is, they're not even that good at executing the stuff they did plan at this point. So I'm thinking it's going to, I think the the film is going to suffer for it, for having to pivot with no T'Challa. Also, like, with how instrumental, like, the character is to the MCU and to, like, the way, how important he was in the comics. It's like, man, I don't really know that you want to put yourself in the corner like that by not using that character anymore. And we've done recasts before. And they're talking about recasting Thunderbolt Ross because William Hurt died recently. And they're talking about recasting him. So I don't really understand what the difference is. If we can do that, we can do this. And also, I mean, Ryan Coogler is, he he said he was very good friends with Chadwick Boseman. And I guess he feels like he didn't want to like do it without him. But it's like, man, the show must go on. Like, I think you recast and you keep it moving. And you can do your tributes. You can still do all that. I don't think it's disrespectful to recast the character. Like, because the character is is still alive. And I don't want to say what he would or wouldn't want. So I, I think I don't think I want to touch that. But it's like, I think that with how important the character of Black Panther is to our community, like, I think it's a miss. I think it's a miss. To, to just be like, all right, we're done with that now. And then Shuri being Black Panther, I guess I don't have a problem with that specifically. There's not really better options. Now, would I pay money to see Angela Bassett in that cat suit? Indeed, I would. But I don't think that was an option. So I guess I'm just going to have to live with this. Yeah, I kind of agree. Or not kind of agree. I do generally agree. Um, and we even discussed this before. Like, we talked about potential um, casting choices. And Hell, his brother, I forget his name, Chow Bozeman's brother, had even said, oh no, Derek Bozeman, I think it is, um, has said that he that he himself, like that that Chadwick, I think, wanted um the role to continue on or something like that. Or at least he confirmed or he said himself that he was fine with the, the role being recast, probably because he realized how important it was to Chadwick. Because I mean, you see interviews like the one he did. Um, talking about those two kids who um, had passed away from cancer that who had wanted to see the film so badly. Like he realized, how, like Chadwick himself realized how important it was. Now, of course, like you said, I'm not going to sit here 
or at least I'm not going to try and sit here and 100% say that he would have wanted um, all this to go on without him. But, I mean, I'm not also going to sit here and say that, at least based on what his brother said, and by his own actions through his commitment to the role, it's like, I don't know if he would necessarily be opposed yeah, I don't think so. And I think it would have been a great opportunity for another black actor to step into the role. Now, of course, he'd be compared probably unfairly to Chadwick's performance. Eh, I mean, it is what it is. He's got to roll with the punches. Exactly. And I'm sure he did fine. Like, if you if you cast the right guy, like, I don't remember the guy's name exactly, but the one you were talking about that did the uh, the Purge movie. Elon Nolan. Yeah, I think he would have did fine. I think Trevante Rhodes probably could have made it work. I mean... Some people even said John David Washington. Uh, I could see it. I think he'd have to get in that gym, but I could see it. But yeah, I, I definitely agree Like with Trevante Rhodes Devon, or Elon Noll, one of them. I think one of them should have gotten the opportunity. I think they both could have done a good job. But I guess we'll never know. And then, it's like with what you're saying with the multiverse, it's like... You can't do that because the rules you set up now, I don't think anyone's paying attention to the rules that they established in this universe. I think that's one of the biggest problems the MCU has is that no one's keeping up with the continuity. But with what we learned from Loki and from Doctor Strange, that's not supposed to be possible. Like we're not going to get a permanent T'Challa replacement from another universe. I mean, yeah, but... It's whatever happens for the plot at this point, man. I guess so, but that, that'd be horrible. I will be the first to cr- criticize it if that's what we end up getting. I'm just letting my imagination run with all the different scenarios and ways that would look. But yeah, I would agree. Uh, at this point in time, yeah, the window's missed. So in this regard, what do you think of Shuri taking up the role? Since a lot of people, at least a lot of people on the opposite side of the recast the child movement, where <laughs> they were saying that... Um, recast T'Challa was misogynistic or whatever. Oh, God. Right. At least, like, I had seen different things about that. Like, what what do you think of, um, I guess, that criticism levied against the movement? I think that is out of nowhere because, I mean, we just talked for, like, 10 minutes about that entire thing, and we didn't one time mention that we had a problem with Letitia Wright or we didn't really mention that a woman couldn't be Black Panther. We didn't say shit about any of that. So, like, I think that's, like, probably more of a straw man argument because nobody said anything about it being a woman that, I can, that I've seen. I don't think that's what it's about. I think that they should just recast T'Challa himself, the character. I don't necessarily have a problem with Letitia Wright or any woman being the Black Panther. As long as it makes sense and relevance to the story, which it does, because, I mean, they were the only two kids that we know about. So if you look at if you follow the line of succession and you are assuming that there is no there are no gender constraints, then I guess she would be next in line to be the Black Panther anyway. The only thing I would be wondering is if T'Challa trained his whole life to be the Black Panther and Shuri clearly didn't because she's a scientist. I would assume that that should cause problems like she shouldn't be winning fights off rip. She should be losing a couple times just like her brother did, but she probably won't because they don't do that anymore. Women don't lose fights in Hollywood anymore, so I don't expect that. But I don't think, I mean, I don't think it's misogynistic to want a character as important as T'Challa to be recast at the expense of whoever's playing his sister. Like, I don't think that's really misogynistic at all. I think that's a straw man. I mean, obviously, I would imagine there would be some people out there saying some wild shit 
about all this because you know niggas be wild on the internet. Uh, but honestly, even for me, like I mean, it's Shuri. Like who? Like really? Like who else would it be? Except maybe nah, Koi, and like you said, Ramonda. Now nah, I'm not gonna lie to you. Then me me petitioning for Ramonda to be the Black Panther don't have shit to do with <laughs> with merit or anything like that. I just want to see that suit. I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. I'm not gonna hold you, but Man. nah, that wouldn't make any sense. Like, cause cause you know, if her husband was too old to be in the suit, she's definitely too old to be in it. But I don't know. Like, do you? I also don't know how like the royal fa- royal family works. Like, that's the other thing. Like. Can you even be the Black Panther if you're not royalty or like related to royalty in any way? And it doesn't seem no, like can. the family. It doesn't seem like the family's uh like Mbaku's family. It doesn't seem like they're related. They're just another group of people within the country. Like it's not like in in how Europe used to be, where like all the royal families were related because they had intermarried. So that's another question that we didn't get answered is like, can you even be the Black Panther if you're not related to the King's bloodline? So I don't even know if Okoye could be Black Panther if she wanted to. But then again, then again, if you remember, they were considering having uh, T'Challa's girlfriend be the next Panther. And she's like, I'm not, she's like, I'm a spy. I'm not, I'm not equipped for this. So the fact that, and then they also offered it to M'Baku as well, who's not part of the royal family as far as we know. Yeah, in the comics it's like that where only people of the royal family can eat the herb and not die. It's weird, man, watching that in the film. I remember even bringing this up in one of my videos. It's like, like if, if it's like how it is in the comics, them giving Nakia and even M'Baku the herb could potentially kill both of them. Yeah, it would have been, just would have been homicide but also so if so if we go by the comic rules which i think they clearly were not they probably weren't even aware of it but if we go by the comic rules so what the fuck happens if t'challa loses the fucking the challenge so because like i'm sure the royal family probably has like immunity that's being passed down in the genes or whatever which allows them to be the only family that can synthesize it so what happens if another family just comes in and wins it they don't just become immune overnight just because the law says so, like that wouldn't make any sense. Or are they becoming? Is there like an immunization that they have to do so that they can take their herb? Yeah, man, that's a lot to think about right there. Um, I'm sure, and probably I just need to read way more Black Panther comics to understand way more. But in regards to the film, this does bring up all these questions and so much more. Yeah, but I guess to to summarize this point out. I don't necessarily have a problem with Shuri being the Black Panther because if if recasting T'Challa is not an option, which it isn't, then it doesn't make sense for anyone to be the Black Panther but her. Yeah, I agree. I mean, she was already like his sidekick anyway. Yeah, might as well just make it official at this point. Right. So then in regards to Black Panther 2, what else we could talk about? Let's talk about the big fish in the room and not the Little Mermaid this time. Um <laughs> What do, what do you think of what's the, what do you think of the whole conflict with Atlantis is going to be? Um, or first off, should should we look up a plot synopsis of this first, if there is one on the internet? Probably, if we can find one. I'm going to look up one right now. Because I mean, we can speculate based on the preview, but I'm sure somebody's spent more time on it than us that can that will have something we can work with. And I'm sure we can always just use Google. That is true. While we're doing that. I can ask, 
So during in Avengers Endgame, Okoye was like, there's an earthquake under the ground or whatever, or under the sea level. And then Natasha's like, how are we handling it? And she's like, it's an earthquake in, in the ocean. We handle it by not handling it. Do you think that was supposed to be a Namor reference? Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and I don't know, like... I don't know if we're supposed to believe that this is the first time these people have come in contact with each other, but I was under the impression that Atlantis has had beef with Wakanda since forever, like in the comics. But also, I'm kind of confused about that, because isn't Wakanda landlocked? Shit, that's that's probably another thing we should look at. Yeah, I thought Wakanda was, like, dead in the middle of Africa. Because in the comics, yeah, he's able, from what I know, like, Atlantis, Namor is actually able to flood Wakanda. So, no, it actually, it has to be close to the ocean if he's able to do that shit yeah you'd think otherwise it's like well how the hell did you let that happen because i think i think it might be different in the mcu because if i remember correctly like the map they pulled up in age of ultron it seemed like wakanda was like in the middle like dead middle like where the congo would be i'm I'm sorry I'm, i'm looking up right now like like what you just asked like is wakanda landlocked and honestly it seems like from different um, comics, it's like it's it's different because I mean, it looks like I'm getting two different answers. Like one says it is a landlocked country in the central mountains, in the central mountains, far from the coast, and then there's another one that says it's on the coast of the Atlantic Ocean. Well, guess we're just gonna have to say that's inconclusive. Uh, but I'm, I... just, I'm just gonna assume it's the second one because otherwise, or if it's the landlocked one, then holy shit, Namor is. Powerful as hell, being able to flood a country up to that point. Yeah, man, because you need a lot of water, and you have to transport it, like, throughout the whole country. Like, yeah, no. We're, I think we're going to have to just assume. Then again, like, I'm almost positive that map that we saw. It was, like, really brief, but, like, they pulled a map up in Age of Ultron, and I could have sworn that it was, like, dead in the middle of the continent. But, oh, well, either way. I'm sure we'll get some info on that. Do you want me to read the plot synopsis for the movie? I found it. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. <clears throat> let's go. Queen Ramonda, Shuri, Mbaku, Okoye, and the Dormilaje fight to protect their nation from intervening world powers in the wake of King T'Challa's death. As the Wakandans strive to embrace their next chapter, the heroes must band together with Nakia and Everett Ross to forge a new path for their beloved kingdom. That's it. It's, there's actually, for this one, there was no mention of Atlantis, but yeah. Hmm. Well, there is then, I guess. Yeah, I yeah. think the conflict between Wakanda and Atlantis is probably, like, manufactured by a third party. Like, they're being pitted against each other, I'm assuming, because then, I mean, Namor is not going to be, like, they're not going to kill him. Like, he's not going to die in this movie. At least he shouldn't. That would be dumb. What makes you think they're going for the manufactured beef? Because, because, like, why are we just now hearing about Atlantis in general? Like, if they're bitter rivals, like I think they are in the comics, then why is today, like, the first, you know, like, why is why now? Why is now the first time? Like, you think that's a bigger problem than Claw. I'm thinking there's something that makes them, that brings them into conflict with each other. And also, it's like, damn, man, like, every, out of every country in the world, what did Wakanda do to piss off the Atlanteans? Why, like, they they should be mad at the Californians, bro. Or, like, the Flor- Floridians. Like, surely there's other people who are fucking the ocean up worse than Wakanda is. 
I mean, with all the details we have right now, we're left to speculate. And from what I know from the bits about the comics is that the whole conflict between um, Wakanda and Atlantis happened in, I think, Avengers versus X-Men or one of those storylines. It was some versus storyline. But yeah, like, no, they're, apparently their beef, T'Challa and Namor's beef in the comics is, like, super heavy. Like, no, nah, for, like, for real. Those two, like, do not like each other. I don't get it, man. They must have been on the same girl in school or something. Uh, no, I have to. I'll probably have to read that specific run or something after this just to get more context before this movie. But it makes me wonder, like, do you think they're going to tie in the blip, like the whole snap into it somehow? And maybe T'Challa's death is also connected to Atlantis in some way? I feel like the blip, I feel like they're trying, I won't say they're trying to get away from it because they just used it in Doctor Strange. But like, kind of seems like they didn't really think out well enough what to do with it and the consequences it could have on their story. And as a result, I think it's, well, first of all, they stripped away the most interesting elements of the blip. Like they refused to answer some of those questions. So I don't think there will be too much blip talk in this movie. There probably will be because I mean, did Shuri not? Shuri didn't die or did she? She did. she 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 did die during the blip. Both of them did. So yes. maybe maybe they will discuss it. She maybe she'll say something about it. How she's like, I'm I'm really 23, but I feel and look 18, or maybe some garbage like that. But like maybe it'll get mentioned. But in terms of explaining how T'Challa died, I think that's going to be pretty difficult. Because like if it's like an illness or like a medical condition, I feel like I'm not going to be able to buy that based on what we know about the the technology Wakanda has at its disposal. But also, like, even if they did that, like, I feel like that'd be poor taste. Like, like if he has some cancer-resembling illness, I feel like that could be painful for, for some people. I, I'm sure they wouldn't do that. And then, also, you got to explain how, first of all, how the fuck did Chala get beat to death again? And how did he get beat to death off-screen? Like, you know, I feel like it's tough. They're going to have to... They're going to have to find a way to make that make sense. And I don't know if they'll be able to do it convincingly. It just sucks, man. They're just in just such a real tight spot with this movie. And it doesn't help with the way the rest of Phase 4 has been. Yeah, and they painted themselves into a corner by not recasting. It's like, so it's now it's like you have a certain type of story that you can tell now. Also, it's like the fact that you bring in, like, the beef that you mentioned earlier. It's like, so you're going to have Namor and no T'Challa? Like, I don't know, man. And then, so in the in the trailer, you have M'Baku talking about Namor and how they, his people call him a god or whatever, and that, like, they don't want to start a war with him. And I'm thinking if Namor had killed T'Challa, that's probably not a conversation that M'Baku would be having. He'd be like, nah, we're going to go finish, we're going to go sort that out. So I don't think Namor killed T'Challa. And if that's the case, it's like you've missed a huge opportunity by having one of them in the movie and not the other. Like, honestly, man, if I was like a huge fan of Namor and I had extensive knowledge of their conflict, I'm not watching this movie to see to see Shuri fight Namor. Like, I feel like that'd be a letdown for me if I had that type of information at my disposal. Honestly, I think it's a letdown now. And I don't even watch I don't even read the comics, but it's like the fact that you have that long standing rivalry and a feud and then one of the members is just not there and he could have been, 
think it's a missed opportunity. Once again, I can't help but agree with you there. It just makes me wonder. Um, it seems like Namor and Ramonda will have some kind of beef or some kind of relationship based on the trailer. And it just makes you wonder how well will the efforts go into actually trying to beef up that if they're not going to have T'Challa be there. Because, of course, you know, there's just the whole idea. If not if not T'Challa versus Namor, there is Wakanda versus Atlantis. And honestly, it just makes me wonder more just what else, like what, what is it that's crazy enough to bring them together with the MCU. And like you said, it's a manufactured conflict or you, that's what you think it is. Right. So do, do you think they're going to like team up at the end, some shit like that? Or do you think it's just, just purely just a manufactured deal? Like, what, do you think it's going to be that cliche if at all? I think it'll be like a government agency that's behind it or something like that. Some type of organization or it could be Dr. Doom. Heard people say it could be Dr. Doom. I don't even know. I mean, they kept the secret who Doctor Doom is, so could be anybody. So we are going to get him. I assume it's it's probably going to be him behind it then, behind the conflict, and then they're going to fight. Well, I mean, if he's in the post credits, I'm thinking that they're going to say something like that. I don't know. Some they like to just throw in random post credits now. I mean, remember remember Eternals, where they had Black Knight and Blade in an Eternals movie. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It was like, that, this doesn't have shit to do with shit. There's not even a vampire in this shit. Why would Blade give a fuck about that sword? Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like, are they going to have some kind of partnership? Beats me. Yeah, I don't know, man. Blade and Jon Snow. Right, and then and then this nigga's probably about to go fight a giant, um, like, Arishim with, with, a, with a sword. Good luck, my G. Yeah, he's talking about, I'm going to go get my bitch back. Oh, okay. Good luck, buddy. That guy just parked right next to the planet. Which... Him standing next to the planet like that would have huge gravitational implications, but this isn't about that movie. Maybe we'll do a, a podcast on that movie. But you're right. That stuff is very unrelated. It's like, this doesn't have shit to do with shit. And then you have, like, Star Fox or whatever, the other one with Harry Styles in it. It's like, I don't And he's like, I am Thanos' brother. And it's like, well, where the fuck were you at when he was, when he was like, massacring people? Don't, don't question it, man. It's just... It just is what it is. But what else is there for, in regards to Black Panther two? We should talk about. Like, what do you think? What do you think of the whole approach to? I guess is it Aztec or they changed up Namor's whole design? Let me say, like it's it's all different how it is in the comics. Yeah, in the comics he's like Greek, isn't he? Something like that. Um, something like that. It's weird. Some people actually think like, or he looks Asian in the comics, which I could see that too. Like there are even a few. I remember even seeing um, the actor who played Shredder and the Michael Bay TMNT had wanted to play Namor at some point. Hmm. I, it's definitely a deliberate choice to make him a Mexican or an Aztec. Uh, you, we know what's going on with that. Hmm. But I mean, I, I'm still just super like I've seen Namor appear in the different comics I've read. I'm still just like super casual with him. So with me personally, I don't mind it as much, but I could totally see why a heavy Namor fan would be like, nah, man, fuck all this shit. This ain't my Namor. But I mean, with MCU, we're, we're used to different interpretations hell. I didn't even think Michael B. Jordan was going to play Killmonger because for me, I thought, bro, he looks nothing like comic book Killmonger. So I was like, there's no way in hell he's going to play him. But it's like, nope. Yeah, they kind of just do whatever. So I, I mean, I'm not messed up at all. I don't have anything against it. I didn't even know that Namor wasn't wasn't an Aztec in the uh, 
or a Mayan or whatever he's supposed to be. I didn't know he wasn't that in the comics until like a couple of days ago when somebody else said it. So I, I mean, I wouldn't have known. And I think it's fine. Like it's an interesting concept. I've never seen an interpretation of Atlantis as like Mesoamerican before. It's usually like some type of European or Greek or whatever. So yeah, that could be interesting. I think it'll be cool. Now what, what, uh, what Namor has to discuss with, with Ramonda, I don't know. I, I would like to see what that's going to be about because there's like that part in the preview where they've got they got a face a, a face off going on that should be in, interesting. But it's going to be interesting to see what is it that has them in conflict now that didn't that they weren't that they weren't worried about before. I'm not sure. Maybe they could find some way to tie it into the multiverse. I don't know. Oh, please don't. That, I <laughs> think we are in the multiverse all. saga, my G. That no, nah, bro, bro. If they start talking about multiverses, I might have to just walk out. Like, there's no way, bro. I'm not about to listen to Sherry talk about how there's multi. No, bro, don't do this. Please don't, man. No, nah, bro. Because what? I feel like that come out of nowhere. There's no way to put that in there and make it make sense. It'd be like, bro. I thought we were talking about fish people. <laughs> <laughs> like what, bro? It'd be out of nowhere. <laughs> this guy has this nigga has wings on his ankles and you're talking about the fucking multiverse. <laughs> that shit can wait, bro. <laughs> oh man. And you're not wrong too, but uh funny oh, shit. Bro, like <laughs> what? It'd be like Sherry would start talking about the multiverse or whatever, and then and then somebody be like, "Bitch, you don't see this flying Mexican right in front of us, throwing water on us and shit." We can work that theoretical shit out later. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be theoretical in this case since the multiverse has been proven to exist now. Oh, thanks to Loki. Yeah, but I mean, why would Sherry know about it? I don't know, man. I feel like you, but the, also, 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 Black or Black Panther. Nigga Cat 2 is technically part of Phase 4. Phase 5 is the multiverse saga. So this is the last movie in Phase 4. I mean, Phase 4 is part of the multiverse saga. They officially is declared it? it. Oh my god, that's even worse. Yes. I, I know, man. Phase 4, like Phases 1 through 3 are the Infinity Saga. Phases 4 through 6 are the multiverse saga. They better not do it, bro. And I'm not that invested because I've already given up on Marvel for the most part. But holy shit, man. If I pay if I pay American dollars to go in and watch that movie, which I probably will so we can cover it and so I can watch other people's coverage of it. If I go in there and they start talking about the multiverse while it's a nigga with wings on his ankles standing right next to him, I swear to God, bro, I, I might have to get up. I might have to just get up and leave, whether my popcorn is finished or not, because there's no way. I refuse to believe it. But they might do it. They they just might do it. If they'll ruin Captain America, if they'll if they'll if they can ruin every original Avenger, then I'm sure that's some shit they'll do too. Wouldn't surprise me. Just making me think how Secret Wars is gonna be. Like, bro, that shit's gonna be like end game on steroids. Is Secret War which one is that one? Is that the one that's not the one with Nick Fury in it, is it? No, 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 no. That's Secret, Secret Invasion. Invasion. Yeah, yeah. What's Secret Wars about? What is that in the comics? 
Secret Wars is basically about the collapse of the whole Marvel multiverse, and um, uh, it's 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 actually two different Secret War storylines, but both of them were about the different collapses of the Marvel multiverses or whatnot, and all the different planes of existence or whatever were all thrown into one deal called Battle World. Yeah, very my very loose summary of it. It's it's some wild shit, man. Either way, like just just from the premise alone, it's just gonna be another excuse to just throw in just a shit ton of characters just all at you at once in one place. Maybe that's where you'll get your new Black Panther. That's what I'm thinking. And if it is based on the comics, the the second Secret Wars, and if it's Doom, like they're bringing in Doctor Doom, I think he'll be the one like the one who's like mainly controlling all of it. Yeah, Doctor Doom is got to be a rich fuck in this series to do the shit that he was doing in the comics. But he's also like the king of a country in the comics. So that, there you yeah, go, Latveria. And he has diplomatic immunity and whatnot. But also, I think the only thing about like the world building of MCU is like you got to go back and explain why this is the first time we're seeing certain people. And I guess with Wakanda, they did an okay job. They're like, you know, they were an isolation, isolationist, isolationist country. And they didn't want people to know how how advanced they actually were with tech. I guess I'll buy that. I'll take it. But with this, with Latveria, it's like, now why haven't we heard of this nigga? Like, we got, we heard Sokovia. Everybody in Sokovia was broke. This nigga got real money. We need to know what he's been doing this whole time. Who knows, man? Marvel always likes bringing in stuff from the comics. Just At least the MCU likes to bring in stuff from the comics out of the blue. And just, hey, this is a secret thing that was here now. I mean, shit, it's funny how you brought up how we're just now getting Atlantis when in the comics, like, Namor fought alongside Captain America in World War II. Of course he did. Yes, I know. Like, yeah, it's like, you know, there's like a longstanding history and they just choose to ignore it. And a lot of that is just because they didn't think that far ahead. Like, they didn't, like when Captain America came out, they were still not 100% sure that shit was going to work. Like, phase one... Phase one is definitely like an early planning stage yeah. type thing where a lot of it was like, we're just, like, that's why everything was so self-contained. It made way more sense because it's like, we don't know if we're going to keep telling these stories, <laughs> but yeah. So that, so that may be, so in a way that, that, that may be like a little bit of an unfair criticism levied against them in that regard since phase one. Yeah. They, everything was way more simpler then because bro, just, just imagine Watching Captain America, the first Avenger, like we get to this point, and throughout that movie, we get to see him go to Wakanda at some point, like in the comics, but then also him meet up with Namor, but also meet up with the original Human Torch during World War II. Is be like, all right, man, like people already would be like, no, no, we were here to see Captain America. What the hell is all this? Why, what is this floating Mexican with wings on his feet, throwing water on people? People have been so confused. They've been like, did I, did I get the wrong ticket? Because that ain't Chris Evans. But yeah. But another thing is, so there's there's going to be Ironheart in the movie. Interesting way to introduce her. But I think she's supposed to get a show too at some point. But I guess we're just going to, she's supposed to be BFS with, with Shuri because of course. Isn't she Rhodey's like niece or something? I don't know anything about it. I could I could have sworn I, I heard that. Even then, it's like, damn, wouldn't it? Wouldn't she be more better paired off with Rhodey anyway, in Armored Wars or something? She's probably gonna be in that too. 
That's probably what's going to happen. Because, like, I assume... I'm thinking that Ironheart's probably going to come out before Armor Wars does. So by then, she'll be, like, a quote-unquote established character, and we'll know enough about her that they can plug her into that story. So that's probably what's going to happen. I assume we're going to get her in this for a little bit. Maybe nothing crazy. Maybe just a little bit. Couple, couple scenes of her. And then she gets her own show. And then... She's probably going to be in Armor Wars because there's a bunch. Because I think the point of Armor Wars is just like a bunch of people using Stark tech trying to make Iron Man suits. And I'm sure she'll be one of them. Not as like a villain, but she'll just be somebody involved. That was that's what I assume the plan would be. Did you see that they changed Armored Wars from being a TV show into a film? Yeah, that should be interesting. I mean, Don Cheadle's been in it a long time. I think he deserves a movie. A good yes. one, though. Give him a good movie. Don't give him no Falcon and Winter Soldier bullshit, bro. Give him some quality. Yeah, I honestly think the decision was for the best after seeing how a lot of these shows have turned out. I agree. They're all some fuckery for the most part. So, yeah, that could be interesting. I think that concept could be really cool, him having to fight people using Stark Tech. But I can kind of see it now. They're going to blame, like, it's all going to be Tony's fault that this technology even got out in the first place, even though the man's been dead for years at this point. It's like, somehow, and probably with Riri Williams, too, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, Tony was a piece of shit. Like, they, they shitted on him in Falcon and Winter Soldier. They're like, so you, like, he didn't pay any of you guys? Like, shit like that. And they done, like, they did that to pretty much everybody. No one's been untouched at this point. Everybody's ruined. So it's like, I wouldn't be surprised there's a lot of this is Tony's fault in there somewhere. Yeah. Or shoot, like how She-Hulk likes to refer to him as an adult's orphan, which honestly is like, what, what the hell kind of reference for a joke is that anyway? Adult's orphan? Like, come on now. Isn't that like an oxymoron by definition? It, it is, but like for the style of humor that a lot of people try to shoot for nowadays, you know, with that quirky bullshit. That's it's like self-referential bullshit. It's like, oh, we gotta give the most basic um, description of something like this as as a way of like poking fun at it. But it's like, eh. honestly, that just kind of makes Jen a piece of shit. She's making fun of a guy for losing his parents, and then it, like, what? <laughs> this person is horrible. Jen's a terrible person. That. That explains my mystery from earlier before we got on. Now I see why people keep ghosting her, bro. She's a piece of shit. Man, we're not talking about She-Hulk right now. <laughs> but yeah, point is, I I imagine that this is, Armor Wars is going to be Tony's fault, and then Ironheart's going to be better than Tony, like, off-rip somehow, even though she's, like, 13 years old or whatever. Also, I, I I'm also... She's got a bad rep in the comics. Really? Yeah, like a lot of people be thrashing on her. I don't well, know what it is, honestly. I mean, how do you follow up Iron Man? But one thing I'm also interested in is how M'Baku is going to get treated in this movie. Because if you think about it, he's like the last relevant male character left on the Wakanda side. And you know how it's going right now with, with, with the wokeness. So he's probably going to be useless. If this is if other media is any indication, for the sake of devil's advocate here, there's some hopefulness. I will be the one to say I'm a bite back and say Mbaku will do something in this movie. They they'll, they'll, they'll do something with him. I, I hope so, man. I don't, I don't want no more Red Guardian of Black Widow, but 
Like let, let's let's hope Mbaku does something in this movie. He's not gonna get to fight Namor himself. And if he does, he's gonna get his ass whooped like immediately and then the rest of the movie, the next hour and a half, is gonna be figuring out who's gonna fight Namor next since Mbaku just got drugged. He was our strongest fighter. Evidently not. Oh uh, damn, you you saying they got a wharf in Baku? Would not surprise me at all. <laughs> oh my god, bro. bro just imagine. Oh, you know what? Like, you know what would be funny as shit? Like, just imagine. I would totally not put this past the MCU. Just imagine, like Mbaku does all of his chants, whatever, with his crew, um, the Jabari tribe, and they're fighting a bunch of Atlanteans. To get into it. He but he's about to fight Namor, and. Namor just knocks him out like one hit or some bullshit, and it's like played off as a joke. You know, like splashes him in the face with some water, and he just starts convulsing. <laughs> I might walk out on that too. I'll put that on my list of walkouts. Oh uh, man, I hope we didn't just predict something like that, bro. Let let Mbaku get hit with some seizure water, bro. I'm I'm tearing my ticket up. I'm going home. Oh man, or even worse, like not even just get hit with some seizure water. What if he? Like I said, what if, what if what if he did just get just like just his ass just beat, just thrashed or something? Or if he gets like world star slept, like body <laughs> slammed and then like punched out, bro, I'd be like, oh my god. Honestly, I'd have to ask, like with with how strong Namor is, because Namor, like, bro, Namor's strong enough to take blows from the Hulk and all the other shit. And apparently he's like even more powerful in water and shit. So it's like Damn, if he's out there fighting like Mbaku when Mbaku isn't a superhuman, like bro, like they, they they're done. That's what I'm telling you, bro. He's either not gonna get to fight him at all, or he's gonna get beat the fuck up like immediately. And I don't think there's gonna be any in between. Or 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 they're just gonna make Mbaku scared to fight him at all. Man, that'd be even worse. Like, shoot, like don't don't don't, don't black noir Mbaku. Let let him, oh. let him let him have this fight at least. Oh my god, I don't even want to get started on Black Noir, but yeah, none of none of that would surprise me. Whether like it wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't get a fight at all, and they let Shuri do it or whoever else. It wouldn't surprise me if if Mbaku does get the fight, but it's like not even a fight because he just gets beat up immediately. None of that would surprise me, and like. I don't know, man. With him, think about it. He's the last relevant male character on the Wakanda side. Every other character is female. I promise you there will be jokes at his expense. He will probably get shitted on. If like, And I'm just going off of all the other media that we've been getting from Marvel recently, as of late. If, if those are any indication, Mbaku's probably going to get disrespected. Yeah, I feel well. We'll just have to see. Or, uh, man, I'm just like I said, I'm hoping for this movie. We'll just have to see next time. Um, but we're almost at our two hours right now. We're at 118 minutes. So, is there anything else you'd like to say, real quick, before we got to close this recording off? No, I think I'm good. I think we got it all. All right, nothing else to say about as you call it, Nigga Cat Two. Um, I'm gonna predict that Nigga Cat Two is going to be a 5.3 out of 10. Interesting. Um, I, I, I won't disagree or contest with that. Um, I'm not going to predict anything other than 
all the shit I've stated and just been just joking about or whatever. But more than anything, I'm just eager to see what's in store for us all. But hey, that is it for the Zero Heroes podcast for tonight on this recording of, what is it? October, well shit, actually October 7th now. But either way, that's it for this recording. Goodbye, people. Say goodbye to the people, Sterling. Later, people. All right. This has been Zeros to Heroes, Episode 3, Black Panther and Black Panther 2. Tune in next time when we talk about the rest of She-Hulk. Aha, that'll be fun. But hey. Christ. (laughs) See y'all.